Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And I'm the co-host or sidekick with the good side smile, Rob Land. I think sidekick is doing yourself a little injustice there. Um, but this we're, week... We're both sidekicks. We're like the... Oh, we're, we're, like we're the, co-sidekicks? We're There's like no the hero on the show. Yeah, we're like the sidekick <laughs> driving the sidekick on the motorcycle. <laughs> Neither of us actually have a motorcycle. It's just two of those sidecars stuck yes, together. Yes, two sidecars. <laughs> Getting pushed... Getting pushed in the middle by like a little little kid on a hoverboard. Just like a rickshaw in the middle. Um, <laughs> Second mention of rickshaw in a four minute conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, what are we gonna do this week? Oh right, uh, we're gonna talk about fantasy soccer. Obviously, discussing price changes, who to start and sit, how to use your wild card, all kinds of stuff. How we're gonna split weeks eighteen and nineteen. Just stay tuned. We don't even know how we're gonna do all of it, but we're going to. And it should be great. Uh, but first up, we have price changes. One of the players that went up, I have a vested interest in, as I have him in a draft league. And I went on the Fan Feud podcast last week and said that I thought William and Ivanovich both still have value. Proved very effective at the weekend. William with two assists, Ivanovich with a goal and an assist. Um, but... William has been a monster. 17 chances created in his last five matches. Fifth among all players and chances created. Only four assists on the season, though. Two of those were last week. But assuming that Chelsea start improving under Hiddink, which I'm not saying is a given, uh, but if they start converting their chances, William could have a huge surge of productivity. But uh, they face seven top ten defenses out of their next ten matches. As a Chelsea fan, where do you stand on the whole... Chelsea player, but specifically a uh, Willian situation, especially with a new manager coming in that could again shift that whole Oscar Pedro Hazard Willian dynamic. Well, I think Willian is gonna, and he's already been there. Basically, he's gonna be that that playmaking guy with hitting what he was showing towards the tail end of the Mourinho days. Uh, Willian is definitely the guy you, you definitely want there. Um, his play is gonna make Oscar and to some degree, Pedro a little bit better. And then once uh, Hazard stops his either outfest or gets transferred to somewhere else where he, he doesn't really want to cry as much. Um, but Will, but Willian is, is the guy there. I mean, his creativity on the ball, like you said, chances created. He's the main free kick taker there. Um, <clears throat> you know, it remains to be seen that what, what degree of PK level he'll get involved in there to up his goal-scoring capability with Chelsea. But... Like you said, they, they face seven of the top ten uh, highest-ranked defenses in the next coming weeks. So it's a good transitional period right now for anybody that wants has a question mark for the fifth defender or fifth midfielder, sorry, and they want to take a chance because everybody likes to have a Chelsea guy on their team. I mean, it's like one of those staple items, you know, food, bread, Chelsea midfielder. So, uh, will I like William? I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Chelsea because because of their matchups, but. From a fantasy perspective, it's definitely, definitely intriguing. Yeah, and I think uh, in many ways, I'm about to lose a bet with you already. I think it's kind of like Christian Eriksen, where even on his worst day, he's still taking all the free kicks and corners, and they're always threatening from those positions. So of all the Chelsea players, I think he is the best set to kind of ride out that tough fixture list. Um, another player that went up yet again, Della Ali, moves up again, now at 5.2. 
Is it time for people to stop viewing him as a bargain bin option and start just looking at him as a solid option overall? He's averaging six points over his last five. Spurs face just one top ten defense in their next five. We we were talking before the show about fifth midfielders. Is he even in that category anymore, or is he now in the category of other players that started at very low prices that have now surpassed it and are just now good options? You know, it, it's funny that you said that. You know, I think he's progressed completely from that fifth midfielder, mid, fifth midfielder because he's giving you fourth or even third midfielder, you know, return on his 5.2, you know, investment. The good thing about Della Ali is that, you know, a lot of people right now are going back to, you know, the Sergio Aguero train, which is completely hilarious because I think he got blown over on a sidewalk today and got re-injured. <laughs> um, but his price point from a, a you want to make a move to get Ali in this week, and then the, the following week you have all that friendly budget from whoever you transferred out, and probably three three plus from when you when you downshift to Ali. You could probably get Aguero. I mean, if that's what you're hankering for. I mean, everybody hankers for Aguero. I mean, he's already been transferred in thirty thousand times this week. So um, crazy. But I, I don't know how people trust him. I, I mean, I know he has an excellent fist fixture coming up. They play. They face uh, Sunderland. So, but. You know, Della Ali to me is that differential right now because uh, I know we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about this, but we might as well just break right into it now. I mean, the, the basic the basis of the, the fantasy world right now is based based on a big template. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody is starting the same three three players up front: Kaku, Ogalu, Vardy. They're universally owned everywhere. I think all are all three are owned over forty percent right now, which is Nowhere where you want to make a make up the you know the, the points. The midfield is the, the the point where you can the point of contention with everybody. You can bring a you can bring somebody in, or you can just stick to the normal and have the Barclays and you know the the, the Mareses, the Coutinho's, the Oltzels, the De Bruyne's, the Silvas. Any combination that you want. I mean, you could go completely across the board and you can go the five chalk guys, or you can bring in the top four, and then you could have a guy like Della Ali, who statistically isn't a number a fifth midfielder. But when you stack him up against the the Mares's and the Oltzels and the Coutinho's and the Silvas, he basically is a fifth midfielder. Mm. But I'm not saying that he is a fifth midfielder because statistically he's bringing you bringing you where you want to be. So I think if for for Ali's price point, if you're going to use Della Ali at five dot two, you're probably going to have to play him. So that's going to be at the sacrifice of somebody else that you don't really trust in the midfield or. You're going to shift, downshift, and, and use two forwards. So, I mean, it's an interesting strategy either way. But I, I'm loving Della Ali right now only because of his ownership, which is at 7%, and his price point, you know, which is 5.2, which is basically, you know, the bargain bin of what you want to buy in, buy into at that fifth midfielder. Mm-hmm. But he's giving you a return of, of, of a plus, you know, two or three, four midfielder. Yeah, and in case anybody thought we were kidding when we said we didn't know which order we were going to address things in, that raises a very interesting point on you might have to set a forward or something, which is... When we're hitting this pseudo-double match week, where we just happen to have two full match weeks in one week period, match weeks 18 and 19 respectively, would there be more merit to bring in a player like Della Ali now only because you don't know who might be sitting the odd match? And having that kind of depth would really benefit, especially at this time of the year? I, you know what? I mean, if you're making moves to... to capitalize on the short week because you have a gut feeling about something absolutely i mean i would i like del ali only because he's playing he has two okay matches i mean norwich and watford they're not you know norwich is a is a, is a gimme for spurs in my opinion but the watford match you know at it could be a tough one yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be tough i mean spurs are gonna be up there on the heels they're, they're showing that they're propensity for uh, being a great defensive team um to me the investment in spurs players right now is completely on the back end you know, Hugo Lloris is basically showing that he could be a top five scoring goaltender the rest mm. of the way with the defense in front of him. And, you know, if, if anybody's not owning one of the four defenders there, you know, Walker, Rose, Vertonghen, Kobe, one of those one of those two or a combination of those two, I, I don't know what people are trying to look at. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing well. I mean, they have, what, 13 conceded goals in the year or something like that, Kev? Yeah, still the second-best defensive record. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. And with the two upcoming fixtures, it's kind of something you have to really dip into this week. Yeah, and uh, Toby is now the top-scoring defender. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he should be owned universally everywhere. 
all excellent points from you. Also, I just realized I should apologize. I'm on very short sleep and in a different time zone, so my brain's all messed up. So if I'm not being funny, it's because I'm fighting to be awake right now. So, you know, excuses, etc. Um, <laughs> in terms of uh, players that are dropping in price, it was one of you boys. He's dropped off a lot. Virgil van Dyke now down to 5'5". Five, five. Looked incredible when he first joined Southampton. Struggled for form lately. Never more evident than it was last week when Kane just absolutely embarrassed him for his goal. Southampton haven't kept a clean sheet in their last five. Van Dyke has failed to earn more than two points in those five matches. Is there any value in hanging on to him? Or should people sell and just try to buy back in once they start to look a little better? No, there's there's no value there right now. Uh his 5.5 or whatever his price point is now, I think five, was it 5.4, he went down, 5.4. Mm. I mean, him and Cedric also went down. People were still riding the Cedric train for a while. I think he's still on in 5% of leagues. Um, but, yeah, this, the Saints defense to me is just, they can't, they can't find a rhythm. Uh, and with, with the, the games this week and then the short turnaround for game week 19, you know, if, if you're waiting for – a defenseman like Virgil van Dyke to come around, this is not the time to do it only because mm. you, you need everybody possible on your bench and usable roster spot because you never know what's going to happen. There, you know, three of your guys could get, could get injured and you can only bring in one without a penalty. So, I mean, you need guys that are actually have a favorable fixture are playing in form and are going to give you some value of return that could could you know benefit your team for the you know the two games in four day period? Mm. Excellent points. You have any uh, kind of price changes that you want to address? No, uh, I mean, it, I think it's a it's a bad day to be a saint when you when the prices came out came yeah. out this week. I mean, Sadio Mane went down. You know, Virgil Van Dyke, like you said, Cedric. You know, I mean, the only person that really intrigues me on a on a price point that went down because we talked about it a couple weeks ago when he was on when Keith was on mm. about how the you know the BPS system works and how players are awarded bonus points based on the you know the system. Uh, Jan Villa is price went down. I know he's I know he's not a great player in in this format. You know, in other formats, he's a decent. You know, yeah, midfielder. he's a top fifteen midfielder in yeah. some draft format. So, um, you know, which is boggling the, considering yeah. who the players are around him. <laughs> Yeah, and he's a top seven player in the BPS system. So, if whatever value that has in anybody's decision making, you should just click the page and come, <laughs> come on, listen to us on this podcast because Yanam Villa is not really someone you want to really invest in. Neither is anybody on Sunderland, um, unless you're related to him and you have some obligation in form in this high holy season. Or you know, maybe if in the preseason you said Jermaine Lenz would kind of finish top twenty yeah. in his position. Yeah. What I mean, kind of crazy person would make such a claim? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably some guy who used to live in New York, went to University of Cincinnati, and now, <laughs> now resides in Kentucky. And yeah, and is currently in Colorado. in Colorado for no reason. Yep. That's not true. I'm out, I'm out here with family, man. It's the dang holidays. How? What, what are you doing for a dang holiday? Just hanging with the fam. Going to get some food, get some drink on, get my drink on. Yeah, yeah. All good plans. Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, Jeremy Lenz, really, his stock really tanked once... Uh. Sam Allardyce showed up because he is absolutely a luxury player, which is not something Sunderland can afford right now. Um, but uh, I'd taken him at Tottenham in a second. So anyway, uh, moving on to start sits. Uh, my my start sits are based on both fixtures. I know yours are kind of split up. I'll just kind of run through mine quickly, and then you can do your fancy, your brain's working version. <laughs> um <laughs> at forward, and this is going to shock and amaze you, or you're just going to be like, yeah, okay. Um, Olivier Giroud at 9.0, facing Southampton, Bournemouth, and Newcastle. Southampton, clearly not the defense they have been, just mentioned with Van Dyke, haven't kept a clean sheet in five now. He's obviously on a very nice run. Seventh in shots on target in the league, four goals in the last five. A lot of people are worried about the impact that Alexis Sanchez will have, uh, but I, I can't even argue how well Giroud's playing at the moment, and I think you just kind of have to ride it till it stops. Now, I will say, as soon as you get a blip, I'd bail, because we've seen him do this before, have great runs, and then just disappear for long stretches as well. 
But while it's going, I think there is a lot of value in having him. And Southampton and Bournemouth aren't as scary uh, for Giroud owners as they may have thought just a few weeks ago. Well, in the case of Southampton, right now people should be afraid of Bournemouth. Bournemouth are playing some really good football, and they're about to bring in Juan Manuel Aturbe. Because, sure, football's weird like that. Um, That's actually interesting. I might have to look into some of his stats in Serie A to see if he'd be worth adding, but I'm really losing my mind slowly on this show. Uh, in midfield, I really hate it a whole lot, but Ross Barkley, the Newcastle defensive improved a little bit lately. Conceded. No, no, we're going back to Ross Barkley. I know, I know. And by the way, me saying Ross Barkley is worth starting is why you should avoid him at all costs, because I have yet to have been right on Ross Barkley this entire season. He's he's the new Alexis Sanchez for me. Um, but uh, the fixtures aren't bad. I, I think you got to be pretty pleased uh, seeing him go up against Newcastle, who have not been great. The Stoke matchup is a little more difficult, but they can be undone by players running throughout the pitch with the ball. They're really good against, you know, good passing sides. But I honestly think Russ Barkley can just kind of run through that midfield. It's actually one of the few weaknesses of that Stoke side ironically, is that their holding midfield just is not very good. Um, and I think Ross Barkley will be able to take advantage <laughs> as much as I love Volscheid. By the way, do you remember, like, week two of this? And I mentioned how much I liked Volscheid as a player, but didn't think he'd be good in fantasy. Yeah, now, he, now, yeah. He's, now he's both. Yeah, even when I'm right, I'm wrong. It's really incredible. <laughs> You're a huge contradiction, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But anyway, Barkley, I... I'm going to bring him into my side this week. I've finally given up on my hatred of him, which is how you know it's going to go horribly. Newcastle still have the second-worst defensive record in the league. Barkley continues to run the Everton team, despite us actually liking Gerard Delafeu, who I think is the official Everton player of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Even I have to bring him in this week, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but unfortunately, Ross Barkley. Della Ali, the other name we already mentioned, I think has has a very good couple of matches here. Especially because he's playing further up the pitch now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing where we kept expecting Ericsson to be, which is how he's getting these goals. Is because he's, at times, leading the line. Because we all know Harry Kane, at times, likes to be a supplemental striker, sitting back a little bit, letting the wings overlap. Um, and so, like, Del Ali is a legitimate goal threat now, which I think is something very few people would have pegged coming into this season. Um, so, yeah, that's the midfield and defense. I hate this part of the show every week because I am always wrong. But, that having been said, the West Brom guys do have a great matchup again this week. This time against Swansea, who have failed to score a league high eight times this season. Tottenham and Stoke also have favorable matchups. Some people will be like, what? But Stoke are playing United and they're supposed to be good. But they're not, though, is the thing. Um, Not going to mention all the manager stuff. I couldn't be bothered right now. But Manchester United just can't find goals at the moment. And uh, Stoke have proven to be a very good uh, defensive side, while also playing attractive football at times. Um, so, yeah, I, Stoke is one of those surprise teams where I, like, I actually enjoy tuning into Stoke matches now. Yeah, um, it, yeah they're very uh, they defense, will, you know defensively what? aggressive. I will go on the record right now and say that Stoke will be the more entertaining team in that match. Oh, I completely agree. I, I'm gonna when we get into my sits, I'll, I'll bring up a point that I think is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. All right. Uh, do you want to do your uh, 18 yeah, and 19 starts, yeah. or I don't I'll know do, how you want to do yeah, that. I'll, I'll do. My, I I broke mine into two separate parts because it's two separate weeks, and we don't have time to squeeze in another podcast. I know everybody would would adore us to do it, but you know we have lives, or I do at least anyway. <laughs> but but uh, I'll start in defense. I'll, I'll start with one of Kevin's guys. I'm going to start picking on Kevin's guys in hopes that to make him look better. You know, <laughs> you got to go with the antithesis and ownership of guys, especially on the de- defense. And you basically look on the same team as someone who's owned as much. And this is my strategy. I've gone into this a couple times before. I like taking the secondary guy next to the guy who's owned the most. So if you're looking at Crystal Palace this week, they take on Swansea. They're, Swansea is just, is not a consistent goal scoring team. I'm gonna and Gomez go. is always offside. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. He's constantly offside. second most offside player in the top five leagues of Europe. Firmino has got to be up there too. He, he's constantly. Offside I don't think he's too. played enough to be up yeah. there, unfortunately. Firm, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah percentage wise. Yeah. So, yeah shout out I'm, to John Wallen. 
Absolutely. I sent him. I sent him a tweet during the game. I was like, "Oh, Firmino had a great game. Four offsides, half a dribble, one. Good, good game." But uh, yeah. Anyway, so on my defense, I'm going with Joel Ward. You know, Scott Dan is the more universally owned player. Crystal Palace is a good matchup against Swansea. Joel Ward's price four dot four. Ownership five dot four. You know, he's the anti Dan this week. You know, if you're looking for a differential, that's your guy. Uh, midfield and forward. I'm going to basically do the guys that you touched on. But I'm going to give you different guys for week 19. Della Ali, for me, in the midfield is starting to become a must-own option. Uh, you're getting you're getting at the bargain price and the low ownership rate right now. Seven percent ownership, five dot two. You know, it, it, you'd be stupid not to jump on it right now and get and gamble on a gamble on the kid. Uh, Spurs' next two matches are Norwich and Watford. You know, if he gets a goal and an assist in, in the game, two both games combined, it's probably a win. Than trying to hope for something out of someone, another midfielder, or wishing that you brought in somebody else. I think Del Ali is the goods. I think he'll probably keep it up the rest of the year. Uh, I'll even be so bold and I'll say he'll finish in the top 12 in fantasy scoring for midfielders. The rest of the year. How about that? Uh, and forward, I have to agree with Kevin on this too. Olivier Giroud in week 18. Uh, I like all the points that you said about him, but I'll bring up one more. Six of his 10 goals are on the road, and Arsenal is on the road. Uh, he's only owned in 12.5%. He's in that he's in that group of six forwards that are probably ownable. So it's not really that much of a shock to everybody's system that you're picking Olivier Giroud out. But, you know, Arsenal's got a good match. Uh, six of his ten goals are on the road. That's a telling stat for me. And he's got four in his last, what, five games, Kev? Something like that, would you think? Uh, four four and five, yeah. Four and five, yeah. So, I mean, can't go wrong. Get the, get the French Lois Griffin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> Shit, James Roday. <laughs> yeah, so so I'll, I'll fly down my sits in week 18. It's basically, I have Virgil van Dyke as my sit for defense. Southampton cannot get it together. They're all six sevens. You want to transfer them out immediately. Defense is the way to make up points this week because there's a good differential. and got There's a lot of great matchups this week that you can transfer money in and out. Uh, through the midfield and forward, I'm just going to pick on United guys because I think they have one universal goal, and that's to get LVG fired. Uh, so Juan Mata, still owned in 15% of leagues. I don't know why. Uh, and, and Anthony Martial, I know he got a goal. But like I said, it, the, the lights are going out on the, the LVG ship, and something's going to change there. And until it does, I think the personnel that is in place is just going to keep underperforming. And I think Stoke is going to basically play whatever system United wants to play this week and do it better. Uh so that's my week 18. So I'll just jump right into my week 19. I'll do them, I'll do them pretty fast. Uh, I'll start with my starts. On defense, Gareth McCauley, West Brom, they're playing Newcastle. It's a great matchup. West Brom's got a good run, good string of games coming up. Mm. Uh, through the midfield, Jared Delefeu playing Stoke. Uh, like you said, Stoke is pretty big, pretty bad through the midfield, but Delefeu is very good on the wing and crossing the ball to the center. Uh, I think he probably gets an assist in that game. And up front, I'm going to go with a wild card. Uh, you know, one of the two games that Liverpool plays this week, somebody's going to get a good run, and then Benteke's going to get the other run. So hard to predict which, who's going to get what run, but I think Benteke gets the run in the second game, only because Sunderland makes everyone happy, so like Skittles. Um, so I think Benteke gets a, a good enough run there, and Klopp gives him a chance from the start instead of coming into the game late in, late in like the 60th minute. So I think he probably gives you some good return. And my sits for week 19. Uh, this is kind of boring. It sounds like sandpaper on like a piece of sandpaper that I'm just talking and talking uh, and talking. Okay, let's break it up for a second. Um, <laughs> so I'm in the finals in both of my leagues in fantasy football. Yeah. I've lost OBJ in one of them, of he's, course, because of because of the he's, suspension. He's not going to get suspended. You, th- you think it's going to get recalled? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, if it doesn't, I've, I picked up uh, Ted Ginn Jr. because... All of a sudden, he matters. I have Eddie Lacy still and have uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. So, assuming OBJ remains suspended, which he may not be, in all mm-hmm. fairness, mm-hmm. which way do you go? Deshaun Jackson, easily, 100%. Yeah? <clears throat> you're, you're not worried about this leg injury at all? Nope, nope. Him, his, his resurgence with Cousins. Cousins is a great fantasy play this week, too, if anybody's sitting out there waiting to see if, if Cousins wants to play. But I like Cousins this week. I like the Redskins this week. And, and I'm a Giants fan saying this, so it's bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Deshaun Jackson is, is the guy to go there with. So, 
Good breakup, Kevin. Yeah, like no problem. Jumping, in, jumping into the other fantasy football. <laughs> very, very key. Yeah, it's the finals. How, how are you doing in your leagues? Um, well, one, I already won. Oh, wow. Oh, you have like the yeah. properly scheduled things. So you don't have to worry about yeah. things like yeah. Cam yeah. Newton getting benched if they win or lose. Yeah. Or... yeah, yeah. One already won. And then one, I'm in the... It, one I one we actually play week seventeen. If Cam Newton, if if the Panthers are up by three scores at halftime, do you think they keep playing Cam Newton? Well, they they were talking like they were going to sit him in the Giants game when they were up thirty five seven. Yeah, I know. So, and and Ron Rivera said he was thinking about it. Yeah, but so I mean, I I think I think this is the week that, that if they're up by at least three scores with less than a quarter left, okay. he'll, he'll come out. But yeah. Uh, I but I think he plays every game. I don't think he sits week seventeen. What well, I think if they lose, they sit him week seventeen. <laughs> they might. I mean, they have nothing to play for. So. Who's even the backup there? At one point, it was Tony Pike. Go, you see. Uh, then it was Jimmy Clausen for a moment, but now he's uh. Oh, is is it is it more? Is it still Matt Moore? Oh yeah, maybe. I have no idea. I don't know. That's Who knows? A, an obtuse question of the day. Who is the, <laughs> the Panthers backup quarterback? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So where were we? Where uh, were match we? week 19. Who are you sitting? Week 19 sit. Uh, doing fast. Doing, I'm doing fast. Eric Peters for Stoke. Mm. They're going against Everton. I, I Everton like have been scoring D, so many so, goals. Yeah, I know. They, 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 they're just a scoring machine. They're big, hot American level. They're the machine. Steelers offense. Nobody yeah. can stop them. Yeah, totally. Totally. If you don't score 30, you're still going to, you're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, it's yeah, how exactly. insane is that? The Broncos don't have the best cornerback, but they have the best three cornerbacks, depth-wise. Well, well, I mean, Akib, uh, uh, what's his name? Talib is good. Yeah. Crit, uh, Harris, Harris is good, and Roby's good. Yeah, Harris hadn't given up two, a touchdown in two years. <laughs> and then Brown did it twice. Yeah, I mean. God, you know, when when Ben and Antonio Brown are on the same page, there's just, there's nothing yeah. you can do. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked how people said that, oh, Antonio Brown isn't great because Richard Sherman can shut him down. He, so did, it, he did it one game. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a completely he's a different player than he was then. So relax. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So midfield week nineteen sit Sadio Mane Southampton just avoid him for this whole stretch until maybe like I don't know President's Day or Val- you know what save him for Valentine's Day they are saints you know that, that <laughs> probably makes sense. Uh, and up top and it pains me to say this. <gasps> But I'm going to go with IGGY sitting against Spurs. No! <laughs> I know it's so sad to think about. Who that? Who that? Yeah, who that? Do that. <laughs> IGGY. <laughs> I, I tweet that every time he says I know. <laughs> you text it to me every time. He scores them goals and gold. Good. He, he's, <laughs> he's awesome, but unfortunately he's going against some guy's team that I think despise. <laughs> but he's going against Spurs, and defensively I think I think they handle him enough to that he. If you're going to start him and you're hoping for multiples, he, I wouldn't. He, if he gets one, it, the game will probably be two to one Spurs. But yeah. you know he wouldn't get much more than just one. So I mean, if you're looking for a, a multiple, I would probably look at other guys that that week. You know, you know, look at Giroux for the second game as well. The second week as well. Um, but yeah, yeah Tottenham's so, favorite thing is conceding just the one goal. Yeah. Just absolutely. to get rid of your clean sheet. Absolutely. Just to, just to tarnish you just enough to piss you off. And, and, and it makes you stop. You know what it does? Watching Spurs makes you stop refreshing your fantasy team because you're like, oh, well, they let one in. So yeah. Now I don't have to look anymore. It's not going higher than two. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So, so with the week in 18 and 19, Kev, you know, everybody's asking me what, what direct moves I would do mm-hmm. to, to – what guys do I like in week 18 that I hate in week 19 that would be like a like-for-like like transfer? You know, and I told you off the air, and I'm going to tell everybody now, that the best advice is for me is basically have a stacked bench that every player is usable. I know I said it before in this podcast as well. Basically, everybody in your bench, you, this is not the week that you want to have the Matt Targets or, you know, the Russell Martins on your bench from Norwich. This is the week where you want to load up and have – you know, five usable guys. That means you know five usable midfielders, three usable forwards. You should have three usable forwards anyway, and five usable defenders. The goalie, not so much. I mean, yeah, you should worry about it, but the goalie really doesn't exert himself as much as everybody else does. And I think he can recover in three days. And if he's and if he's a, the team's number one, he's going to play regardless. Uh, but for me, this week 
18 to 19 is all about changes defensively. I wouldn't worry so much about marquee matchups for the forwards and the midfielders because if, if your guy's a star and on a team, he's most likely going to play both games. And you can't really sit. You're not going to go out and sit. You know, you're not going to sit in Mesut Ozil because, you know, oh, I don't trust him against Bournemouth when, you know, oh, I like, I like Chiquiote against, you know, Southampton in the second game. No, it's you're not going to do that because the, the points for this week and the points to make up, especially on a differential basis, are completely, completely to me clean sheet driven. So to me, that's where the, my transfers and my focus point would be. On say, I had one transfer in week eighteen and one transfer in week nineteen only, and I couldn't take a hit and couldn't do anything else. Those that's what I would do. I would completely look on defense. How do you feel about this? situation with week 18 and week 19 yeah i mean it makes a lot of sense there's a lot of points to be gained or lost over this period i unfortunately am uh i don't know how to say this to maintain people's respect um as i mentioned before i came from a draft background so this has not been as big of an issue for me and it's not something that i feel versed in enough to be you know this is what you should do but, yeah, I think there's definitely merit to swapping out guys, especially at similar price points, just to kind of capitalize on that potential. I, I did want to touch on one of your starts that I did take umbrage with, which was um, mentioning uh, Benteke, or unfortunately for him, that makes him a Liverpool forward. Just a few stats for you. Liverpool forwards have 28 total shots on target this season. All Liverpool forwards, including Ings before he got hurt. That is behind Igalo, Kane, and Vardy as individuals. All Liverpool forwards. That's awful. Only 10 goals, uh, which is worse than a a lot of people as well. Five players have the same amount or more goals than the entirety of Liverpool's strike force, including Divac Origi, Danny Ings, Surridge, Benteke, and Firmino. Five players have more goals. It's not great. No, that's that's awful. Yeah, so I know everybody's like pointing at at, uh, Louis van Gaal and saying United have no attack, uh, and everybody is super enamored with Klopp, although there may have been questions about that over the past couple weeks. But don't get it twisted. This Liverpool attack is not great. Um, So anyway, I I would uh, actually be on the other side of that. Um, another thing that bears mentioning about this week 18, 19 topic is that if you have been smarter than us <laughs> and kept your wild card this whole time, you have to use it by the 28th. Otherwise it will point, go yes. away and you will never get to use it again. So kind of continuing your point about your 18 and 19 guys, if you have a full wild card, are there any specific moves you'd be trying to make with it? Uh, I would look for guys with good double week, you know, matchups, especially on defense. I'd look at guys that are playing in form. I'd probably grab two Spurs defensemen. Um, I'd probably grab a Crystal Palace defenseman or two, only because both their fixtures are decent enough that you can't go wrong with any of them. And the clean sheet there is probably in their favor. You know, the game, a game against Swansea and a game against Bournemouth. I mean, it's not. 100% in stone because Bournemouth is, is showing what that they can be something. Uh, through the midfield, I, I think you go four chalk guys if you don't have the chalk guys already. Mm. Um, you know, like Oldsoul, Mares, Barkley. And then, you know, you can add two guys at your own discretion. I'd probably have a city. I'd probably have one of the city midfielders in there myself, either Silver or De Bruyne. And then the fifth guy could be your, you know, your your own personal wild card. Whether you go Della Ali, you know, Philippe Coutinho, whoever whoever you think. Would. You're the person that still owns Nathan Redmond. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seriously. Uh, yeah. Don't I mean, don't do that. By the way, we were yeah, joking. Don't yeah, don't don't, do don't bring in Redmond and then blame us, yeah. please. But but if you're doing it and you're using your wild card, I'd probably want to have some kind of differential on my team, mm. whether whether it be on defense like i like implore my strategy picking the the second highest percentage guy on a team you know speaking of, speaking of that kyle walker has sneakily been having a very good both real life season and fantasy season he's, he's in, in a, a in a year. season where 
Dyer, Toby, and Rose are all more highly rated, both in real life and in fantasy. Kyle Walker continues to sending tons of chances, especially in weeks when Rose misses, which hopefully won't continue, but Rose missed last week due to illness. And once again, we saw what Kyle Walker can do, where he was the right winger that mm-hmm. entire match. There was no mm-hmm. one else. Lamela had tucked in. Ali had dropped, and Erickson was on the left. And I caught myself. I was like, who's our right winger? And Seifu, the uh, producer of the EPL Roundtable, was like, wait, is Kyle Walker our winger? And he straight up was. He's playing like he was three years ago when everybody was like, wow, Kyle yeah. Walker. Young you player know, of the year, Kyle Walker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has an aggressiveness to be like a defensive Jerry Delafeu. Yeah, I like it. I mean, but but yeah. And then getting back to who, who I would use mm, my wild yeah, card sorry. for forwards, uh, you're probably, you're, everybody's using the same forwards, so why would you change anything different? Uh, it, it's Vardy, Igalu, and Lukaku. That, use the chalk, don't go anywhere, and be a lemming, be a fantasy lemming. And do what everybody else is doing, and then walk into the ocean. Yeah, you mentioned in uh, start sit that maybe you'd be sitting a Gallo. I, I assume you don't mean selling him, but just playing no, five midfielders. Yeah, I, but I if you were him. going to replace him with another forward, just one, not out of the six, just one, who would you pick? Any forward I can pick that I like. I mean, like anybody. Yeah. Because my guess is it's not Aguero, which is crazy. Drogba. It's going to be You know that the Premier League isn't on the European continent, right? Hey, he did something that Abraham Lincoln couldn't do. Stop the Civil War. (laughs) You know what? You're not wrong. I'm I'm not wrong. He did it. And he did it. And you know what he did it? He said, said, we should play football and not fight. And they're like, you know what? That has a lot of merit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... He's a legend. I, you know, we. It's funny that we actually said that. But by, by the time this podcast comes out, there'll probably be more more news on this. But uh, the Montreal Impact put out a letter that they hope to have Didier Drogba back for the 2016-17 season, which and, starts in March, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but he's in. But he's in Chelsea, and Goose Hiddink wants him on his staff of some in some capacity. Mm. So whether that be a player or an advisor or. Uh, maybe a new physio. I don't know. <laughs> he could be, be whatever. He could be the new Ava. Yeah. But but yeah. So, um, <laughs> but that's the the breaking news from the the the, the podcast du jour today. Yeah. I didn't do. I wish to do the did News at eleven. This just in. Yeah. Right. Tragic blimp accident over the good over the Rose Bowl parade. Good year. Nah, the worst. <laughs> that's solid um what was i gonna say oh tottenham fans are getting excited because they think that we're gonna sign mishi Batshuayi. yeah uh I, guess I what's not gonna happen at all i see this is the problem is the actual story is that we open negotiations which by the way i imagine went something like this ring hello yeah hello. can we have mishi Batshuayi? i don't know i don't think so Okay, we'll give you 10 million pounds. We want like 40? Yeah, no. Exactly. And then that was the opening and closing of discussions. <laughs> and then, but then people, and this always happens on Twitter, we open negotiations with Mr. Bajuai. Tottenham deep in negotiations. Tottenham close to signing. Tottenham sign. And you're like, no, 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 no. Slow down. None of that's happening. He's their only forward. Yeah. It's not going to happen at all. <laughs> Anyway, well, well that, it's fun. This this time of year, especially these next couple next oh, month, January is going to kill riddle, me. Riddle with rumors. Yeah. Oh, uh, while we're talking about uh, random stuff, uh, oh, the, um, the, the guys we like in week eighteen and week nineteen, like for like. So, yeah. my 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 philosophy this week to do transfers is based on defensive. I would probably shift from one defenseman to the next. The number one guy I would look at and. I don't think he's going to play both games, and you could probably agree with me, Kev, but I don't think Alexander Kolarov plays both games. Yeah, nor games. do I. You know, so he's in week 18, you're probably going to play him. I think he plays the first game and then sits the second game. So if you don't own a Crystal Palace guy, it's a natural change. Go from Kolarov to Scott Dan. Easy, easy peasy. Same thing in week, week 18. Wait, you meant- but is it lemon squeezy? No, I mean, it's like maybe, maybe lime. And- or like lemon zesty? Maybe it's like, like you're not fake. fully squeezing it, but you're like shaving a little bit off to give like a little bit of flavor. Yeah, it's a little zester. I have a zester. I think it's a little thing. It looks like a. It looks, it looks like a tiny little... cheese grater. Yeah. Yeah, it's one little. It's got one thing on it. Mm-hmm. One 
second guy, all defensemen. I'm going all defensemen because that's where I think the points could be made up easily because you're going after clean sheets because that's where the most points happen for defensemen. You know, you may get an assist or a, a goal here and there, but guess what? You're still chasing that 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 you know that, that heroin dragon called clean sheet. Uh, week 18, I like Kyle Walker. Week 19, mm. I could see he's transferring to like a Nacho Monreal. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's third, a really good shout. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, uh, week 18, Aaron Cresswell. You know, West Ham, they've played three consecutive 0-0 oh, no games. Yeah. And they play Aston Villa. It's looking like four zeros in a row for West Ham. Yeah. Can I and, Can I get us way too hyped? I just killed the hype on Michi Betchoy to Tottenham. But can we raise the hype on the fact that Dimitri Payet is a month and a half ahead of schedule? Yeah. Set to return to training next week. Next Are week, you buying in the first week he appears? No. he he's Well, I mean... I know he's going to train. I read. I probably read the the same article you did. I but I read it like I think I read it yesterday. Somebody, mm. somebody said something yesterday that he would go into training next week, but then need two to three weeks to continue to get into fitness. So it's still probably like like three weeks away. He's at least three weeks away. Yeah, basically. What but still, is. Lanzini and Piat both ahead of schedule mm-hmm. recovery That's wise. Awesome. I want to go so. So I, I was all bailing on West Ham, and so this is why I think Cresswell is a really interesting shout. Because a thing that a lot of people don't talk about in fantasy, but is obviously a thing in real football, is attack contributes to defense. If West Ham have the ball more, and they have Pyatt and Lanzini charging forward, teams will have less time to be pressing them in their own half. And I think mm-hmm. it benefits a player like Cresswell, who I also agree is a very good fantasy option. But anyway, I just got really excited when you said West Ham because <laughs> I, among many others, kind of wrote West Ham off till February because that's when we were hearing everyone was out till. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Diafra as well, who I think is a really interesting option. But uh, yeah, it looks like they're they're going to be bolstered here pretty soon. Yeah. So so for the to get back on the uh, the defenseman for defenseman for week eight. You sure you don't want me to interrupt you again? You can. You can do it again. Give, me, right. another, give, give me another one. One more. Go. No, no, it's going to be a surprise. All right, cool. So, so Aaron Questwell for week week eighteen, and then if you don't if you don't like to you don't like him on your team and you can't settle, how about going to like an Alberto Moreno for the for week nineteen at, for Liverpool? They play they play Sunderland. I know Liverpool's defense is shaky, but you know you're playing the clean sheet dragon. You want to chase the points, and Sunderland is a good place to ch- chase, as is Aston Villa, as in as in anybody who has a clean sheet. West Ham's a great you know train to jump on both weeks. But I just like Moreno the second game only because they're playing Sunderland. Uh, and that's that's do 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 do. Odell Beckham Jr.'s one game suspension is upheld by the NFL. Told you. What did I say? I said that what eighteen minutes ago on the podcast. No, it's upheld. He doesn't get to play. The appeal wasn't approved. The suspension was upheld. There will be no Odell Beckham Jr. for this guy this week. Well, there you go. You're starting Deshaun Jackson then. <laughs> I'm not starting Ruben Randall, largely because he's not a good football player. No, if you're going to start anybody, you'd want Harris, Dwayne Harris. Mm. Uh, what about Larry Donald? What happened to him? Who? Larry Donald. Oh, Larry, Larry Donnell. He, he had no oh, it's Donnell. <laughs> That's uh, You mean Donnell? But yeah, so I think that L's on IR. I think he's done for yeah. the year. I liked him early in the season. He was all right. He, yeah, he fumbles a lot. But Deshaun Jackson is your play, man. Yeah. For your team. Um, oh, does it change anything that my opponent has Cam Newton? Is there any benefit to hamstringing his quarterback? Uh, who are your other starting wide receivers? Uh, Julio and Eric Decker. And Julio does have a tough matchup against Josh Norman, but did get 88 yards against him last time. Mm-hmm. You can't sit Julio. Oh, he's, no, gonna no. Get, he's gonna get fed a lot. Yeah, and you dance with who brought you? And Decker is interesting to me because he's not gonna get the Malcolm Brown treatment because that's mm-hmm. gonna be safe for Brandon Marshall because they've already been jawing to each other this yep. week. Yeah, and, and he gets a touchdown every single week. Yeah, and he's going against New England, and I think the Jets put up a good fight against New England. Mm-hmm. To be honest, uh, you know what? I I don't think you can start. You know what? It'd probably be a game time decision. If you're leery on Deshaun Jackson's health and all that, I'd probably go with Ted Ginn then. Only yeah. because your opponent has Cam Newton, so you got to play that. So at least I'm getting like two plus points to every touchdown. You know, assuming exactly. he doesn't run in like six, which he could because oh, totally. it's the totally. fantasy playoffs and screw Cam Newton. Yeah. 
But God, yeah, he, so, dude, he got drafted for four years in a keeper league, or for four dollars. Who did Newton? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. He, he, everybody was sleeping on him, right? and he was so deep in the rankings that everybody had already spent. Mm-hmm. And then one guy was like, "Oh, <laughs> who's this?" Yeah. Uh, it's like everybody basically drafting Carson Palmer as their second quarterback. I got I got Roethlisberger and Palmer yeah. when everybody was overpaying for quarterbacks. Carson Palmer. That's one of the reasons I'm there is because I had Palmer to ride out while Roethlisberger was out. So. Carson Palmer has been legit magic this year. I mean, yeah. He's just awesome. Dalton as so well. I hate he Andy Dalton. So in control. But yeah. You know that that Cardinal team is going to be tough, tough, tough. I, I mean, it's easier now that Tyron Matthews out, dude. We actually need to talk about the sport that this podcast is about. Um, <laughs> one uh, question for you before we move on to what we're doing in our teams: uh, Does being in the cup do anything to your thought process? Like, do you ever look at your opponent and think this guy doesn't have this guy? Maybe I should bring him in. Or are you just like I'll play my team, and if I progress, I progress, and if not, I'm not worried about it. Oh, because this week starts that cups, the yep. cup challenge thing. You know what? I looked at my opponent's team this week, and it's garbage, and I'm going to mess them up bad. So, <laughs> so you're not worried about it. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm going to play my team regardless of who my opponent is. I'm not looking to you know, yeah. go out and be like, you know, I'm going to win the cup in round one. Guess what? There's 2,970,000 other people in this damn thing. So yeah. <laughs> you have to go through so many rounds of elimination before you even get there. In the words of some Hall of Fame coach, uh, I'm only in control of one team out of 32. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I'm that's not, real. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm worried about accumulating points and winning winning in my mini leagues and doing well for myself. Gotcha. All right. Who's your captain for your team this week? The captain? You know what? I'm looking at two guys. I have two two city two city midfielders. And De Bruyne and Silva. Oh, uh, man. Silva's killing me right now. I love yeah. him so much, but... Ugh. You know what? I think this is a Silva week. I think it, it, it has I think to be. But would you agree with me that it has to be this week? If he doesn't if it, if do it this it, week? If it isn't, he's gone yeah. for me. Yeah. So this is this is the week that Make or break. either Silva, Silva either, no offense, shits or get off the pot. For yep. Me. yep. Um, and it's either him or Lukaku for me. Those are the only two captain's options on my team. I wouldn't do Agalo. I wouldn't do Vardy. No uh, Mares. Uh, you you know what he? I I don't. I hate doubling down. I hate it. I always yeah. get burned. I always get burned with it. I always get burned. I'm fine with it because I I wrote a Gallo for a month. That's true. I did that for two weeks in a row, and the Gallo did well for me. But you know, I, I Mars against Liverpool. It's I mean, tempting. Liverpool without Skirtle as well. I'm not saying Skirtle's good. I'm just saying they're yeah. gonna have to adjust. Oh, by, by the way, can we talk about how bad Mamadou Sako looks in, in real life as a football player? Oh man, it's not good. I heard he tried out for the Canadian ice skating team because he looked like he was on ice skates. <laughs> that one when he just like slid down. Oh my god! Like, he where, so awful. What? <laughs> and I, I loved all the people saying that he's going to be on Real Madrid's starting team oh come in, like next year. I'm like, yeah, who? Real adorable. Madrid's what team? Second team? Third team? <laughs> Their B team? <laughs> he's going to be teammates with uh, Martin Odegaard in the <laughs> Real Madrid B side. <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. I'm rolling Mares. I I don't love things. And this is actually going to transfer really well into what we're doing with our teams. <laughs> I'm rolling with Maris because going into last week, I loved my midfield. I Ooh. genuinely did. I talked about it. It was the first time this season when I was really pleased with my team. I thought I had a great chance to do a lot of big things. West Ham obviously struggling. Thought Andre AU had an excellent chance. Christian Eriksen I thought had a very good chance up against the Southampton team that he had scored four goals in his last five against them. David Silva is David Silva. It didn't care that it was Arsenal. You know, you will get the stats, assists, chances created, stuff like that. Ever since he's come into the league, he's first for all of it. And Jimmy Wijnaldum had the perfect matchup play against Aston Villa. I thought I was five deep. Oh, because I have Mahrez, obviously. I thought I was five deep at midfield last week. And I have awoken this week to a very stark view of my midfield. So... I want to bring in Barkley because I don't care that I'm late. We've talked about this before. I don't mind being late. I honestly thought Delafeu was going to take over more of the creative responsibilities. I thought Barkley was lucking into a lot of points. But unfortunately, the underlying stats do actually support him being this player and that this isn't a blip upwards, that this might actually be his level now. Also, don't mind Della Ali. But we'll start with Barkley. Out of Wijnaldum, Erickson, and IU. Who would you most want to drop? Uh, 
Ayu. Yeah, that's 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 exactly where I'm leaning as well. Because Wingyldum has that upside, and we were talking about that kind of um, upside play as your differential. I'm almost okay having Wingyldum in my team every week for that one week when he vaults me up the standings with mm-hmm. a random 10 points yeah. when nobody has him. I yeah, I'd agree with AU, and I'm legitimately thinking of switching Erickson to Della Ali. Like, straight up. Well, I mean, you could do that. He's more productive. He's more productive at the end of the day, he's more it, productive. I mean, I know you don't need any money, probably. But yeah, at all. I mean, I, I do, because I brought in, I spent more money now, so I don't know. What did you do? Did you bring Alexis in or something? No, I, I, I brought in Silva, and then I brought in Lukaku up top. Oh, because you have Silva top. and De Bruyne now. Yeah, Silva and yeah. De Bruyne. So, I have... I, my, I sat De Bruyne last week, and I said it on the podcast to do so, and I was right. Yep. Um, I, well, Silva. We need to brag when we're right. When we're right more, I feel like I always talk about my mistakes to come across as more relatable, but it's flirting with the line of people being like, "Why do I listen to you?" Yeah, they're yeah. never they're never wrong. Yeah, I need to brag more. Go listen to me on Fan Feud. Tell all, all of the other guys that uh, yeah, Chelsea so- players were worth owning when they were all like, "Nah." But, yeah, there's only one really worth owning, but in this format. Anyway. Uh, I, I think, well, Ivanovic's price is too high, but he mm-hmm. has started to be that threatening player. He easily could have had another goal at the weekend. Um, well, I'll, I'll give you this. More goals the rest of the season. Ivanovic or Kurt Zuma? Oh, Ivanovic is not close. Uh, really? I'll take yeah. that bet. Really? Yeah, absolutely. What are we betting? Uh, Firstborn child. No. Um <laughs> My favorite, uh, my favorite potted geranium. Hmm. We'll think of something good. Headphones. <laughs> Headphones. I should get home from anyway. <laughs> well, a little peek behind the curtain here at the FBL roundtable. I'd agree with that. But yeah, I am honestly thinking about bringing both Barkley and Ali into my team this week. I do have two free transfers. There's no point in waiting because I'm not going to get three magically. Mm-hmm. Already spent my wild card for this half of the year. So, yeah, I think I might be uh, making both of those moves, which would make my team vastly different. I still like my back line. I realize that Kolarov is going to be one game on, one game off, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Rose Dawson and Ward as my three. Mm-hmm. They are not the most owned players. They offer a lot. Um, and I'm fine with yeah. that. I, we've, t- we've had a discussion many times. I straight up always believe in wing backs more than center backs, which no, will as, hurt as, me sometimes because they're less Kolarov. goals, but... Yeah. I want to interrupt you for a second. Now, you mentioned Kolarov. Are you getting leery that Kolarov is still an ownable option? And would you shift your focus onto the, another city defenseman like Sanya or... <laughs> I will tell you why I'm okay with it. And it's that, A, I haven't played him in two weeks. Mm-hmm. He's come off, He came off my bench last week because um, Danny Rose was sick, which we didn't know till. Yeah, same thing with me. Yeah. Same, same thing. Um, but I'm fine with Kolarov because everyone is selling on him right now. I got in on him at 5-9, and company is back in training this week, which yeah. is 100% of what the problem is. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I honestly think that the city defense is going to be on the up oh, after totally. this. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine playing Kolarov. And it's, it's crazy, but because the money is so messed up this year, mm-hmm. I have no problem putting a 6.0 defender on my bench when I'm playing 4s to 5s. I, I just don't. And Rose Dawson and Ward have all had decent matchups lately. The Dawson thing really screwed me last week. I really thought West Brom were going to be much better. And before I talked about how attack can impact defense, no Solomon Rondon up front for West Brom is very much going to damage how they play. Um, no, totally. But I, I think Dawson, and this is why I love wingbacks, is because they can create their own opportunities as opposed to center backs that need to have them created for them. I know you love Dan, but it's why I love Ward. You love Toby, it's why I love Rose. <laughs> it's just those those kinds of things. I always go wing back, so I'm I'm fine with those guys. So yeah, I'll probably change my midfield, but I'm comfy with that back line. I I could end up deciding not to switch to Della Ali this week, just because I I just know that as soon as I drop Erickson, he's gonna have that game mm-hmm. where everybody's gonna bring him in. But you mentioned it's a bad time to have Matty Target. You wanna have a fully usable lineup and i do still have him as my one price dump mm-hmm. so that might be a thing that i i address maybe look at that and bring in somebody else at that position yeah and for myself i'm really i'm not doing anything this week i am gonna sit and because i don't need anybody that's on defense i'm 
I can have Van Dyke and have have him be my last sub. I don't need him to play. You know, I could still I can have Kolarov play if he plays play the first game, and then after this week, don't forget there's another game three day four days after this this yep. week nineteen. So I'm I'm gonna have two transfers for week nineteen, and then if somebody gets injured on my team, I'll have I'll use one to replace them. And then still have two for week twenty. Yeah. So I'm trying to look ahead a little bit. And then and then you start getting into the transfer window when things start exactly. getting crazy. So yeah, that's a that's a very good mindset to exactly. be in. Exactly. I mean, I'm just trying to. I'm I'm happy with my team. There's nothing on there that I really I need to change. You know, I I have my whole goal. I have Suarez, Suarez Kolarov, Rose, Van Dyke, and Kobe on defense. Mm. Coutinho, De Bruyne, Silva, Mares, Otsel through the middle, and then Lukaku, Galavardi up top. Yeah, because who I mean, can't? You you literally can't afford to not have those three unless you want to pick up Giroud because we both said he could have a good week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, unless you're a little little nervous about Vardy, he's got a little hamstring issue. Yeah, or if you're I, worried about Agallo's matchups, which you mentioned, yeah. do get pretty rough pretty fast. Mm-hmm. In the words of a certain FPL chief, you you tend to go with the form over it. But mm-hmm. the next four: Chelsea, Spurs, City, Southampton. And I know Southampton have struggled, but the defensive talent is there. Same yeah. with City; they've been struggling. As soon as company's back there. Obviously, a very strong side. Spurs' defense has been potent all season, and Chelsea have been turning things around, even despite the Mourinho sacking. That was one of the reasons I was frustrated with the Mourinho sacking, is because it, the turnaround had already started. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the results didn't come this way. And I've mentioned this on the EPL roundtable. I think a lot of these sackings and calls for sackings is players having an antiquated view. I think I mentioned this last week an antiquated view of how good other teams are. Yeah. Where you're like, you can't lose those matches if you're Jose Mourinho. But you can this year. Yeah, it's happening to everyone. All, it's the, why Arsenal, and as much as I hate this, are probably title favorites right now. Because mm-hmm. they're the only team not dropping points. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Watford's going to prove what, that they're a top, you know, eight One team, point off fourth. How crazy is that? I know. But if they're going to prove that they're a top eight team by the end they of the have season, to win. They, they have to win two of those four. They have, yeah. They have, they have to take, I think they have to take five points. From those four games, okay, at least yeah, yeah. at That's minimum, fair. yeah, at minimum five points. It's probably easier to get two wins than to get well, yeah. A win but I'm draws, giving yeah. them five points. They're gonna yeah, have yeah. one. They'll win definitely win one. Yeah. So if they tie another two, that'd be bonus. But if they win one, interesting. Then... If they win one, Chelsea, Tottenham, City, Southampton. Who do you think it's against? Southampton. Okay. I think they tie Chelsea. Yeah, I could you know? see that. It's just because Gallo's pace. Mm-hmm. That Chelsea's defense just doesn't know how to cope with pace right now. No, I mean the only, the only defenseman that's there that that can cover pace is, is you know because he's a he has good I think he's got a good instinct for a first step mm. is, is Zuma. I know he's yeah. a, he's a clod, but I mean he's still got he's like really long legged. So. Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, cool. I'm a Watford fan, so it doesn't make difference. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying what I'm seeing from them, and I think it was uh, maybe not a good move, but I'm glad they didn't get a Turbe. I think it would have. Kind of taking a little bit of the shine off of how they're doing it this year. Yeah, it's um, going to be interesting to see. And I'm glad for what Bournemouth. They bring in. I think that's a very interesting move because yeah, they I, they lost Grudel so early on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm interested to see what Watford can do, knowing that they're going to have. I think they're probably safe that they're going to stay up now, unless mm-hmm. something catastrophic happens the rest of the year. You know, they're going to have that excess of income in January that they know they're going to get for the next season with the TV money. Right. It'd be interesting to see if they, they take an initial investment in some talent in this January transfer window. It, it's just a, it's just a fun thing to think about. I know the rumors go, run rampant for every team, but it, Watford's one of those teams that, that they know, did it in the summer too. Cause everybody was saying, you know, are they doing what QPR did? Will they mm-hmm. be able to make it an actual squad? Yeah. And absolutely. then, you know, they did very well. Okay, so uh, in the mode of, of Twitter, which we're obviously both on at Kevroff, at Smokey underscore Lugie, what, what do you think is going to be the biggest transfer into the Premier League in January? Just random crap thrown into the wall. The biggest name? Or the, the biggest, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Name, fantasy impact, something. I literally just thought of this because my brain's half asleep. I could just, I'll, just, I'll just be bored and just say, I'll, just say, I'll, be, I'll say bail. How's that? I'll bail to Tottenham. Bail. Sounds good. Um, Bailey uh, United. How's that? Mine, mine is Sofian Faguli to Tottenham. Already Sophie friends with Nabil Bentaleb. Nice. Only a year left, or no, half year left on his contract. He'll be a free in the summer, which mm-hmm. he would not come to Tottenham. 
I think if we walk in, offer somewhere in 15 to 20, we get what who I deem to be a world-class player. Yeah. And uh, I think that'd be great. I have gotten some pushback on this because we already brought in Youngman's son. But Clinton and G's out for a while. We've already played Sun as a 9-ish to replace mm-hmm. Harry Kane. I think it'd be very hard for us to get in a striker at a reasonable price in January. So my idea, bring Fuguli in, play Sun up top where he plays for Korea anyway. Mm-hmm. See if he shakes it out there. If not, we just have another very talented player. This Tottenham team is a star away from making a legitimate push for think, for Europa second, League and yeah, deep I in think, the season. I think they're a second striker away. Yeah. I, think they need a, I think they need somebody who could take uh, late in the game, change of pace. But but that's what Sun could be because he's very pacey, he's very direct. You're more worried about him with his front to you as opposed to Kane who can mm-hmm. muscle you back and then play an excellent ball to other people. So that's that's my crazy thing. And if you're like, Tottenham, uh, Kevin has some Tottenham connections. Uh, vague ones, but this is not from that. Uh, this is absolute bullcrap that yeah. I just think... Could happen, makes sense. I'm literally making this off of the fact that Nabil Bentaleb and him are friends and Tottenham need a world-class player. That's entirely where I'm coming from. Uh, And he could be cheap-ish. And uh, to your point about Watford, um, you know, they say that the point you need to hit is 40 points. Mm -hmm. It's really 38. People just like rounding because it's easier. Uh, Watford already on 28 points. Mm -hmm. Three wins and they're safe. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, I do agree that they can probably look at that Premier League money from next season and already start spending it because yeah. it's very unlikely that they'd be able to fall out of that area. Do you it, think it, Bournemouth stay up with their recent performances? You know, I, I think they probably have enough. I mean, they look okay. They look Villa and Sunderland are done. So the question Swansea, is, who else? Swansea looks awful. So yeah, uh, it's tough to say now. It's just that I'm going to say Norwich drop. The, the shine has gone off them so much. I'm going to say they, it's Villa Sunderland and Norwich at the moment. They just have no stars there. The, they do. They have Mbokani, who's so oh, much better stop. than Cameron Jerome. I, and, I, and I love Dyer Mertens, but he, he's not. He's, he's better than Cameron Jerome. Give me oh, that. Told, I'm better than Cameron Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our title. <laughs> yeah, Rob is better than Cameron Jerome. Done and done. Tell the yeah. folks where they can find you. As always, you can find me at soccer.rasball.com. And on Twitter, you can find me at Smokey underscore Loogie. That's L-O-O-G-Y. And on this podcast, hosted by EPL Index. And you can find me anywhere, really. I'm, I'm all about. I'm in the souls of many children. What about you, Kev? That was really creepy. Um, I'm on Twitter uh, at Kevroff. You can find me over at blog.playtelga.com and theeaglesbeak.com. Host of this show, obviously, also the EPL Roundtable with the preview shows on Fridays, the review show on Mondays. There will not be an EPL Roundtable up this Friday because it's Christmas and it would be hard to get guests to record on Christmas Eve and it'd be hard to get listeners to care about us at all on Christmas Day. Uh, And we'll kind of keep everybody updated to the schedule as we continue, but it does look like we will be doing another fantasy show next week, correct? Absolutely. Great, so we'll be recapping... Match weeks 18 and 19 by that point, right? Because the last match is on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Uh, it'll be, we'll, be, we'll be recording when the last game just ends. Right, yeah. And then we'll preview, uh, obviously, match week 20 from there. Uh, and then we'll, we're trying to have an EPL roundtable up for this Monday and Friday. But, uh, again, check the Twitter at EPL Roundtable for the, for the latest updates on that. As we are at our guest's mercy on who's willing to pry themselves away from their families to talk footy for an hour with us. Completely. Yep. All right. Well, uh, happy holidays to you, man. You uh, too as well and great. everybody at home. Have a safe and happy holiday. Yeah, do that. Um, feel free to drink. It's the easiest way to deal with uh, family. We, we both enjoy it. Yeah, we do. Uh, and if uh, people bring up political things, just talk to them about how overrated Ross Barkley is. There you go. Yeah. Actually, that, I'm going to try that. Every time things get weirdly tense, just be like, what do you think? Actually, uh, shout out to my cousin AJ Huffman, who's here right now. Uh, when I was coming up with this and I wasn't sure who to put for my start in the midfield, I had a couple options I was going through. I was like, hey, who do you think I should start in the midfield? Uh, and his shout was uh, Gerard Delafeu because uh, he thought it sounded cool. Uh, I like this guy already. He's not wrong. Met him. He's not wrong. So if Gerard Delafeu has a big week, 
I'll tweet out his Twitter. <laughs> Maybe we can turn him into a pseudo-expert. Like, uh, this is not meant to be disparaging in any way, but everybody has that girl at the office that wins the NCAA bracket pool every year. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like, I liked their colors. And you're like, I studied oh. this for so long. Yeah. University of Chicago, Illinois won because they're a better place to shop. My favorite one was the one was uh, which mascot would beat the other one. So, like... UK versus Stanford, well, a wildcat could scratch up a tree. So, UK wins. That, I've always wanted to just take the piss one year and do that. But, uh, anyway, this has been fun as always. That's Rob at Smokey underscore Louie. I'm Kevin at Kevroth. Pleasure speaking to you again, man. Happy holidays to all of you listening, and we hope you continue to do so.